Welcome back to the Monarch Impact Podcast, where we highlight the lives of our wonderful alumni. My name is Sydney Mandato, and I am a junior at Gwynedd. And I'm Erin Remel, a member of the class of 2012 and the Director of Alumni Engagement here at Gwynedd. Today, we are honored to be hosting Mrs. Marbach, our school's president, who serves as the Chief Agent of Change and Innovation within the Gwynedd community. Mrs. Marbach graduated in the class of 72 and came back to serve as the school's first president in 2017. Thank you so much, Mrs. Marbach, for being here. So I'll go into my first question for you, which is what made you come back to Gwynedd after you graduated? Well, to tell you the truth, I don't think I ever left. Uh, After I graduated, I was very involved in the Alumni Association. And then my daughters went to school here. And Mm -hmm. then I was on the board of trustees. And also when my daughters were here, I was very involved in the Mother's Club. And now I'm here as the president. So that's 50 years. And I think I've been involved with Gwinnett ever since, you know, I got, I set uh, foot in here in 1969, if you can believe that. That's the year that I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And we're so happy to have you back here as our president, our first president. So what do you think your presidency brings to Gwinnett? Well, one of the big things is the, the school has grown Uh, so much over the last 10 years. And I think one of the things that my presidency has brought is just brought another person in that can really think about innovation, strategic planning, what are those next things that we have to do for our next 165 years. And I think that's very hard to do unless you have someone that has an overall view of the organization and is not involved in the day-to-day operation. So I, I do really think having a president, and this is one of the things that we really thought about as a board of trustees is, do we need a president? And most schools did and we didn't. And it was for all those reasons, the ability mm-hmm. to, to think about innovation and strategic planning and moving the, the organization forward. Right. And you mentioned strategic planning um, and our strategic plan, as a lot of people know, and hopefully the listeners do too, is called uh, She is the Future. So can you explain kind of how that came about and why it's so beneficial to our school? Oh, my goodness. Uh, So, you know, we always have had a strategic plan. I mean, a strategic plan is just really one of the hallmarks of any organization. But when I was brand new and there was a few other people that were brand new, we really said this is a time to make sure that we're thinking about our what we're doing correctly and holistically. And so we decided that uh, we needed to have a game plan because, you know, without a good uh, plan, everything's just a wish. You know, you have to have a goal, you have to have a plan. And we just thought if we wanted to be successful in a very competitive environment of independent schools, that we needed to, you know, have a goal, have a plan, and not a wish list. And that's really why we came up with a strategic plan. Fantastic. And um, you mentioned it's pretty, uh, you know, competitive with the independent schools around here. But Gwinnett is so special because it's an all-girls school. And I know that you you and your sister attended here and your daughters. What is it about Gwinnett being an all-girls school that you think is so special and kind of the place to be right now? Yeah. Uh, certainly, I agree with everything you said, Erin, but the all-girls school is so important because I think it lets every student here be their real self, that they don't have to worry about other forces um, within the community, 
that they can really focus on uh, their school, their community, their classmates without a lot of disruption. And also, I really do think it's more opportunity for our girls to be leaders all the time. Absolutely. And for myself at an all-girls school, I totally agree. And I know that you're a trailblazer in all the work that you've done. So what do you think, or what advice would you give to the Gwinnett students on being their own trailblazer? Yeah, so I, I guess one of the advices is that you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And I, I think, you know, uh, when I think about some of my career moves or some of the things I did, I mean, it was definitely a mistake. Good thing that I recovered from them, but you're going to make a mistake. And, and so one of my big things is don't get down on yourself. You know, always have that grit, but realize that no one's perfect and that you're going to make a mistake. And the other thing is, and I think we've been very instrumental in doing this at Gwinnett, is ask for a lot of help. You know, we just started our mentorship program. You know, one of the things that uh, they say uh, that a successful person always has mentors, and not just one mentor, many mentors, and they can all be different people. They can be your parents, they can be your friends, they can be someone in your, your business or your profession, but you always have to have somebody to, to be able to talk to. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, yeah, making mistakes and also mentorship and other things like that can really help um, with forming your own success. So what are the most valuable qualities when it comes to success for you? So the thing that I think uh, the thing that that, uh, is most important for success is that you have to love it. You have to love it. Like some people uh, think of, oh, that I'm going to be a XYZ person, but they don't really have the passion for that. So I think success is really built on that you have the, the, the passion for what you're doing because whatever anybody does, it's going to be a lot of hard work. And it doesn't, it's not going to be able to be done if you don't love it. So I think success is really built on passion mm-hmm. for the, the things that people are trying to do. Mm-hmm. And we can tell that you have a lot of passion for your job and also self-confidence in Yourself, because uh, we know that you worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers mm-hmm. as the first female partner there. So how has self-confidence helped you in the workforce and just as a woman in the workforce? Yeah, um, so I, I do have a lot of self-confidence. I would also say that, you know, I, I certainly have doubted myself sometimes, so I'm not suggesting that I always feel that I'm right. But self-confidence just gives you the ability to bounce back a little bit, like when things happen um, to you or don't go your way, that you realize that you did your best, you um, used a lot of the qualities that you've learned. And I also think that um, for for people viewing you as a future employer or, you know, as a, um, a prospect, when they see that you have self-confidence, and there's usually some outward um, signals that people have self-confidence, they have self they have confidence in you too. So I think it's uh, like a yin and yang. You know, you have it, you can give it, and people can understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with all the successes, I'm sure there's been some setbacks. So what has been your biggest setback, and how did you kind of overcome that? Yeah, so I always say that um, th- there are a lot of setbacks, and I, I do think that um, when I think about a biggest self setback, it's maybe uh, more that uh, I, I can remember. I, we were trying to get this really, really big client, and I spent hours and hours of trying to figure out, like, 
what they wanted us to do and how much they wanted to pay us and, you know, and I was the main lead on it. And so it was really, you know, my team making this presentation. And at the end of the day, we didn't win. Um, so, you know, that was a setback. But the good part of that, if any setback, if we went back to the, the per prospective client and said, okay, what did we not do that you thought that we should do? And we learned from that. So I think really from any setback, you, you do learn things. Mm -hmm. um, so they're all, I haven't had any major setbacks, so that's the good part. But um, there's little setbacks that kind of take you back one step, but then you just go forward. So, so kind of switching gears briefly, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that you've been at Gwynedd, you know, kind of since you graduated. Um, and I know that this year you are celebrating your, your 50th uh, reunion. Um, what's, some, what's one of your favorite memories about Gwynedd, whether it be while you were a student or after that? So my favorite memory is um, of being a senior in the school. And just how treasured uh, that that time was uh, to be close with your friends, and really thinking that these are the the, the friends that are going to be um, with you for a lifetime. Not that you're not going to have other friends. So my favorite thing here, Gwyneth, is graduation, and just to see all the seniors. And when I think about um, I've gotten to see a whole class go through now that this is the end of my fifth year. When I see our seniors start, you know, as they come in freshmen, these, you know, these children that are not, you know, they're 14 years old, they, they, they're just forming in, you know, everything they do. And then to see how worldly they've become and such stellar women as uh, they leave our halls, um, it's just such a great experience. It's my favorite, favorite time graduation it's it's probably one of the most beautiful traditions we have here too like you know that white dress with the red yes. roses like you know it. and you can look back at all those photos back by the music room and and it, it goes back you know a really long time so yeah. I and totally I, agree yeah and it's not just for the day it's yeah. what that journey has been mm -hmm. for our seniors and our absolutely. school and um just making sure that they're ready to tackle the world absolutely yeah a culmination of four mm -hmm. very pivotal years in a young woman's life. We're happy to share that Angela Duckworth, the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance, will be visiting and speaking with the Gwynedd community on March 24th at 7 p.m. Students, parents, alumni, everyone is invited to attend the event. It's going to be at Gwynedd in the Performing Arts Center. And we're really excited to hear her inspiring message. Not only is Angela a uh, best-selling author, she's also the founder and CEO of Character Lab, a nonprofit whose mission is to advance scientific insights that help children thrive. Angela's TED Talk is also among one of the most viewed of all times, and we are so excited to have this fabulous speaker join our Gwena community. See you there. Um, so also we, we talked about how your daughters went here, you and your twin sister uh, graduated in the same year. What has it meant to kind of have mercy in your family and how has that bond kind of formed between all of you because of your mutual shared experience? Yeah, and that's a great question because even though I have all those family members, I also have my mom who was not a, a mercy girl, but she, I think she thinks that she is 
because she spent um, many hours here while we were going to school and helping out and also when my, my daughters went to school. But I think the biggest thing is that um, we can just kind of talk about the same things. We understand the legacy of mercy. We understand the charism of mercy. We understand about how strong the relationships are um, with all the, the, the girls in the school. And I, I, I think that it's so special to have those relationships. I'm, uh, even though my, uh, the girls are out, uh, they graduated in 2005 and 2009, I'm still friends with their families and their parents and things like that. And I think that whole community is just so special in a school like Gwened. We're big enough to have a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of people, but small enough that we can keep people close to our hearts. Absolutely. And do you have any certain goals kind of for the future? You know, she, as we, you know, kind of live out our she is the future strategic plan, like what do you hope to see in Gwyneth's future? Yeah. Well, we've done so much over the last five years, and I really want to thank everyone that's been involved in our strategic plan. It's been a, a lot of hard work, but a lot of fun too. So I think the, the next things that we have to do, and whether we do this in another strategic plan or whatever, is really think about what the landscape of education is, is happening. Um, I don't have an education background, but um, certainly we have people in our, our building that do. But change is so rapid in anything that's going on here in the world. And you, you just have to be in front of that change. I'm not saying being a maverick and, you know, changing everything in the world. But we really do have to think about what is going to come in the next couple of years that's going to be important to our school, important to our girls, important to our family, resonates with our alums. And so what that is, you know, I have a couple of thoughts about what that is, but we definitely have to plan uh, to get together to, to make sure that we do whatever we need because nowhere is a school stagnant. And, and no business or no not-for-profit or anything can be stagnant. You can't just say, oh, we did that, so let's wait for another five years to worry about something else. So we really do have to think about everything, not every minute, but at least, you know, <laughs> a few times a year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really great to, you know, as you and I deal with a lot of alumni and we, you know, get the chance to bring them back here, it's always so great to see how much things have changed. We hear their stories from when they're here and, you know, they're amazed by how much change has already happened uh, since they graduated. And yeah, I'll be excited to kind of see that continue mm-hmm. and yeah. see what else we can impress them with. Yeah. <laughs> we always have to make sure that we're a sustainable organization and Absolutely. that's important from a change perspective. Mm-hmm. And on the topic of change, we're going to kind of change gears here again, because there's just so much about you that maybe not everyone uh, at Gwinnett knows about. And so with that, I know you're on the board of the Inglis House. Mm-hmm. And would you mind just like giving a brief description of sure. what that is? Yeah. So Inglis is a, a board that I'm on now. I've been on many, many um, boards. And I always say to people that if you, you're picking an organization to be part of, you really have to love it. But Inglis has a wonderful story because it's about a 17-year-old girl that may change in the world and her mom. And so the story about Inglis is there was uh, a a girl, uh, Annie Inglis, who had scarlet fever. And this is back in like the 1870s. 
and she died um, from her, um, not, what, not while she had scarlet fever, but later on in life because she was infirmed, she died. And before she died, she told her mother that she wanted to be, to have a home for those who could not care for themselves. So this is a seven year, a 17 year old person telling her mom that this is what, and she gave her mom a $1 gold coin and her mother somehow um, moved that gold coin and raised a lot of money to build uh, a beautiful building at uh, on Belmont Avenue in Philadelphia for home for um, people that that needed housing. And so since that the, the it has progressed, so right now Inglis is a community that's for um, adults that have a disability, a physical disability. And one of my uh, things that, that I worked at a Pricewaterhouse group was, was, was healthcare, and it is a healthcare institution. So when they needed a board member, also my uncle is a re- was a resident there. He just recently died about a couple months ago. But um, so I just thought it was a perfect thing. But it has a perfect story. It's about a young girl, just like we have here, really making a difference in the world. And so right now, Inglis, in addition to housing, about 200 uh, folks that have physical disabilities. They have uh, job placement, they have apartments, so people can learn how to um, be in an apartment with all sort of um, devices that can help them turn on the lights and open the refrigerator. They have a adaptive program that they make things so physical uh, people with physical disabilities can do certain things. So it's a wonderful organization and it's I'm very proud to be part of that too. Yeah, that is amazing and very impactful, I'm sure. And so what does that mean to you and kind of maybe how does that translate into your work here and outside of the English house? Yeah, so that's a, a, a good question because everyone's really busy. Uh, you, you have a lot of things to do. Um, Ms. Remo has a lot of things to do. But what has really um, taught me uh, in this instance and other instances is that you really have to make time for a lot of different things in your life. And I'm not suggesting that you need to spread yourself really uh, thin. But if you um, really love something and you can make time for it, you really um, can, can make a difference. And... I, I do think that you really have to love something to do it extra special, you know, because we all have a lot of things to do at our regular work or our regular school, or whatever. You just have to love it. And then if you love it, you can do it well. You can spend the time that you need to. You can, you know, do things at nighttime if you need to. You can contribute your uh, treasures to um, from a fundraising perspective. But I, I just think that um, being in part of any organizations and the other thing, particularly with English. It has really given me the perspective that when I'm really down in the dumps and I see, oh my gosh, you know, this is terrible, you know, can't do something or, or whatever, I really do think about the people that are at English and think about how their lives are and how they have really come through a lot of diversity. And I think that really has worked to keep me in perspective on certain things when they don't go my way. Mm-hmm, I'm sure. And so... With the English House, you obviously serve a lot, and you serve here as well. And what have you learned about serving other people while in your work? Yeah, I just think just like we have here in our ministry and service that it really makes you humble. It really uh, shows you that 
There are a lot of people that need um, help in the world. There are a lot of people that have a you know a lot harder um, lifetime than than we do, and so we should really um, particularly thank God for the things that, that we do have. I agree. Absolutely. Lovely. Yeah, and thank you so much for being here. Uh, we, you know, it's truly an honor to have our president um, on the podcast and a president and an alum. Um, so we appreciate you taking the time and hope everyone else enjoyed listening at home. Yeah. Well, I thank you for interviewing me. You had wonderful questions and um, I can't wait to listen to the regular the, the podcast when it's all done. Fantastic. I'm honored to host you. So oh, thank you. <laughs> everyone, I am Caitlin Fitzgerald Straub, Class of 2001 and Coordinator for Gwinnett Force, our powerful networking community of graduates, parents, and our faculty and staff. We want to ensure that each Gwinnett student and alumna has access to our trusted community and the right contacts needed to succeed. Here today to share their experience with our new mentoring program are Senior Elena McVeigh and Mrs. Denise Marbach. Hi ladies. Uh, going into this mentorship relationship, what were you expecting? Um, well, since I knew Mrs. Marbach was the president of our school, um, I know that she's such a successful and smart woman. So, I mean, I knew that she had a lot of good experience and advice that she could share with me. So I was just excited to hear what she had to say. Thank you, Elena. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had known so much about the mentorship program before we even started, because way back when, when Mrs. Straub and Mrs. Gonarchio were thinking about our Gwyneth Force, we knew that we had to do something from a mentoring perspective. So I was expecting great things, and I think the program has really taken off, and I know we've had a lot of successes, and we'll be capitalizing them in the future. Thank you, Mrs. Marbach. Uh, what was it like for both of you at the beginning of the program, and was it difficult to find connections and to start having a relationship? Well, I think uh, a couple things. When I've had some mentorship responsibilities before, it's always been someone that has worked with me directly, that I'm seeing all the time, particularly when um, I was working with PricewaterhouseCoopers. So originally, when uh, Elena was, I was thinking, okay, I see her in the hallways. I know she's a great field hockey player. But how was I going to make that connection? Because I wasn't really involved in her day-to-day. -day. But the good news is, not that I... Uh, played field hockey as well as Elena, but I did play field hockey. I was an athlete here. And also um, we had the connection of Elena uh, will be thinking about doing something in business That's great. at Duke University. Mm -hmm. So we had that connection also. And I agree. I thought it was easy to um, just flow right into conversation because we did have things in common. And I think I was a little nervous at first, but right when I walked into your office for the first meeting, like you seemed super excited to um, talk to me. So nerves were like, went away right away. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Elena, what has been your favorite part of working with Mrs. Marbach as your mentor? Um, I just think that it's really been cool to get to know Mrs. Marbach because like you said, I've seen you around school, but like really getting to start a relationship with you, I think was something really special. And then I also think that, um, you know, these mentorships are going to continue. So I can see what, if Elena does do something in business that 
whatever those things that she's thinking about doing, um, you know, after uh, a year or so at school, that I will be able to help her because I've been involved in those types of situations before. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then Elena's mm-hmm. going to go on and do it for another Elena, <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that Mrs. Marbach has said or done that's really stuck with you? I think one of the best things that we did was um, before our second meeting, I sent her my resume. And when I got to the meeting, Mrs. Marbach had a bunch of things written on the resume. And I just thought what she had to say was like super insightful and helpful. And once I was able to make those changes, I feel like that's a resume that I could use in the real world. So I think that was something like one of the best things that has come from this so far. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, and uh, I loved uh, helping because I've, I've seen, you know, I've been working 38 years, so I've seen a lot of resumes and certainly you kind of know what, what catches your eye as a, a future employer or, or um, working with someone. So I was glad to give those op- observations to Elena. Great. Thank you. Elena, what has this program taught you? Either life lessons or professional lessons, anything? I think that it's just taught the importance of reaching out and like creating relationships with people who are older than you and have more experience than you and just how helpful it can be to learn from what they know. I think that's uh, really wise because I know when I was in college and also my first couple years, you were just learning so much and you really didn't have time to figure out who would be a a great mentor. And so I think I uh, probably lost some opportunities because maybe I wasn't talking to someone who was a little bit older and say, what do you think? Uh, So I really hope that um, all of our students be, have been, um, will be able to have a mentor, even if it's just sitting down for coffee or whatever. I think that's wonderful. That's certainly my goal. Elena, as a senior, what advice would you give to the incoming freshmen when it comes to getting involved in programs like our mentorship program? I would just say, like, if there's an opportunity to definitely try to get involved, I think even just older Gwinnett girls and all Gwinnett alumni are always there to help you. They want to help younger Gwinnett girls. So, it's even though it could be a little nerve-wracking trying to reach out to older people to help you. I think one of the things that's uh, very important for this program is when you make that connection on one-on-one, I think you can get a lot accomplished. There's been a lot of, um, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's been some Gwinnett girls that are trying to get a position in a certain firm, and they know that I've worked with that firm, and they say they, you know, email me and say, can we chat, you know, can you give me the, you know, the lowdown on how I'm going to be able to get a position? And certainly we have that conversation. But the other thing that I've been able to do is I say, um, well, maybe I can put you in touch with someone else that's maybe still with PricewaterhouseCoopers and maybe still in the hiring process and they can give you some more uh, experience. So it doesn't really just have to start uh, stop and start with that one mentor. There's always other opportunities that people can say, oh, I know someone that I know that can just help you a little bit better than I can. It's an excellent point. We're trying to build your network as students so you're better equipped for after graduation. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about your experiences? No, thank you for all yeah, your help. Yeah, I think so. Thank, thank you. you.